0: Perhaps you have heard the term Judeo-Christian or Judeo-Christian ethic. Guess what does this mean and what impact has it had on you? The phrase Judeo-Christian is predominantly used in reference to the idea that the dominant values of Western nations originated in Christian and Jewish thought and beliefs. Certainly most people are aware that Christian values have in large measure been traditionally derived from a book called the Bible. The largest section of the Bible is composed of the Hebrew Scriptures, commonly referred to as the Tanakh or the Old Testament. This section of writing profoundly influenced the Christian New Testament. The fundamental guide to behavior in both sections of Scripture is the brief statement of law called the Ten Commandments. John, James and Paul and other early apostles gleaned numerous ideas from the Old Testament and often quoted it. Hence many have logically and correctly concluded that the basis for Christian moral teaching is drawn from the Hebrew Bible. The traditional ethical standards of Western culture are therefore defined by what is called the Judeo-Christian ethic. On today's program we will examine how Judeo-Christian thinking has shaped most of the institutions and culture of our lands even though over the centuries many of those believing they are following this ethic have been in fact rejecting its very foundational principles. Stay tuned. Welcome to Tomorrow's World. On today's program we are discussing the effect Judeo-Christian ethics have had on Western society. This is a topic of growing importance as there are forces in Western society that are turning strongly against having any association with the Bible and vehemently resent Canadian or American society being thought of as that which has been formed by Christian or Biblical values. One can note a quote from the August 1, 2020 edition of The Atlantic. We cannot turn back the clock to a mythical Judeo-Christian America in order to chart a new course for America's moral imagination. Is this really the case? Is it truly a myth that our lands, our cultures, are predicated on principles from the cultural heritage of Jews and Christians? If so... How does one explain the opening preamble of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, passed into law in 1982, not all that long ago? Whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. This statement, passed by the government of Canada and signed into law by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, would imply that the nation was in general agreement, that God was the supreme authority and that the rule of law was necessary to retain social order. In European and British cultures, including the United States, religion, the religion the world calls Christianity, has often played a defining role in helping to form laws and traditions. Today, however, as the quote from the Atlantic indicates, there are many who deny or simply do not recognize or appreciate the magnitude of the impact Judeo-Christian thought has had in shaping the Western world and influencing nearly the entire global population. Our modern Western world prides itself in secular values, and interestingly in expressing criticism or outright disdain at those who sincerely desire to follow a lifestyle guided by the principles drawn from the biblical text. This has led a growing number of secular leaders to oppose the long-standing Western tradition of accepting that there are moral absolutes drawn from the body of Judeo-Christian ethics upon which Western culture is based. Dr. Robert Ulick, author, internationally recognized scholar, and longtime professor at the Harvard Graduate School, stated the following in his book, Education in Western Culture. Without Christianity, this so-called Western world would not have come into being. It was this common faith, constantly violated, misused, but nevertheless surviving, which built an arch of unity over the warring nations of Europe and those parts of the world to which, as a consequence of explorations, missions, and migrations, the Christian gospel was extended. In reality, Judeo-Christian ideas and morality have been the primary force in shaping within the Western world concepts of education, science, law, morality, and social conscience. Today we will examine how Judeo-Christian values have influenced these five pillars of Western culture. The first is education. Following the collapse of Roman rule in AD 476, much of the former empire in Northern and Western Europe fell into a near chaotic state. The period that followed the disintegration of Roman authority became known as the Dark Ages, for a reason. With the lack of a well-educated leadership at the municipal, regional and even national levels, order and civil services broke down. The population fell under the rule of, for lack of a better term, local warlords who at least promised some degree of protection. Europe experienced a collapse of literacy. Invaders would frequently loot articles, but burn books. They were deemed useless to those who could not read. It was at the far-flung reaches of the empire, notably in Britain, Ireland and Scotland, as well as in Byzantium in the east, that many of the great writings of the ancients were preserved and copied by monks in remote monasteries. This preservation included the writings of the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. Gradually church authority as exercised by clergy introduced some concept of social responsibility and acted as the moral conscience of the continent. Indeed it was also through the offices of the church that princes and kings managed to develop a pool of officials who could read and write. They were indispensable to rulers. Education was preserved, at first, through the monasteries, then through the cathedral schools, where the children of high-born or wealthier people could become educated. Initially, these schools served to provide for the needs of government, but eventually they formed the first universities in a modern sense. Nowhere in Europe did the Dark Ages produce a more effective education program than in England, under the reign of Alfred the Great. After his defeat of Viking invaders in 878 court schools were developed, even including promising children of lesser status. King Alfred wanted literacy to reach as much of the population as possible. In addition to commissioning many histories and other written works, he had the Bible translated into Anglo-Saxon. This, along with his histories, served as standardized Old English and also to provide a direct knowledge of the morality taught in the Bible to the people. Thus literacy, the legal system, and the culture of the land were generally impacted by scripture. Almost eight centuries later King James I of England commissioned and oversaw the production of the King James Bible. This was the first printed book in the English language that had the potential for mass distribution into all Anglican, Presbyterian and Puritan churches in the land. In addition, further printings lowered the cost and many homes now possessed a printed text for the very first time. The impact on the English-speaking world was profound. Even from the days prior to the King James Version, The Great Bible was required to be placed in every English parish and available for the public to read or hear it read. The result, especially among Protestant populations, was a rapid increase in literacy directly attributable to the accessibility of the Bible. The Puritans demanded public education be available on a much broader scale. Literacy, Plus, availability of schooling for a more extensive segment of the population very much helps explain why England, and by extension its colonies and the United States, were the crucible for the Industrial Revolution, giving them a substantial global lead. As the proverb says Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings, he will not stand before unknown men. To a great extent, The availability of strong public education and a tradition of higher learning in the universities is a direct legacy of Judeo-Christian influence. Many of the great universities located, for example, at Oxford, Cambridge, Paris, Krakow, and Prague owe their start to Christian orders. Similarly, in the New World, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Toronto, Laval, and others likewise began as Christian-focused colleges. So successful have they been that other nations around the world now emulate such educational models. It is interesting that those institutions originally envisaged as the citadels of defense for Judeo-Christian values have now taken on the mission to dismiss as fallacy all for which they once stood. The West has rejected biblical values and especially despised are the laws that emanate from the biblical text. Our free DVD, The Rejected Law, contains three videos that describe the tremendous value and logic of God's law, the reason the Bible can be trusted as a divinely inspired source book, and how following its precepts can change your life for the better. Here's how you can order your free copy
1: Rejecting the law of God does not come without consequences. And you need to know what is at stake. Call the number on your screen or visit us online at TWCanada.org to order your free DVD, The Rejected Law. This DVD contains two Tomorrow's World telecasts and a third video which has never aired on television, showing the true value of the law society is so adamantly rejecting. Dial the number on your screen or visit us online to get your free copy. If you missed our contact information this time, keep watching and I will be back to give it again. Welcome
0: back. We're examining five pillars of Western culture which have been greatly influenced by Judeo-Christian ethics. The second is science. Presently the field of science is not at all associated with religion. These are viewed as being almost the opposite of one another. The history of development of science and scientific principles tells a very different story. For many years, The formal theology of the Catholic Church held Europeans in a scientific straitjacket. The dependence on Aristotle's teaching that all things could be determined through reason alone discouraged experimentation and making conclusions on actual observations and measurements. Then men like Copernicus and Galileo, who while Catholic, published results of observation and empirical measurement, stating that the earth goes around the sun and were deemed heretics. Yet these men were readers of the Bible and the Bible had several premises that encouraged scientific study and learning. Eventually, under pressure from the Reformation and English Puritanism, scientific advances flourished. The Bible also teaches the truth that working with nature to derive benefit from resources is a positive thing allowing man to manipulate the earth's raw materials inventively to build a better life. Science thus provides a way of making life easier. God promised Israel that the resources in the ground were for them to develop and use. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Thus Christianity, Gradually sanctioned science and industry with the understanding that man was to care for the earth. It provided a strong motivation for pursuing scientific knowledge. It helped them explain the wondrous glory of the creation through careful observation and experimentation. Note the words of one who did contribute to science more than any other man, Sir Isaac Newton. In 1687, he wrote, This most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. This being governs all things, not as the soul of the world, but as Lord over all. When a spacecraft is launched to a distant planet, or a great reflector telescope observes a galaxy, or when the science of light is applied, Newton's formulations form the basis of all those endeavors. He was a man driven by the understanding that the universe was a creation and that studying nature would reveal the knowledge of this great being. His achievements are unmatched in the history of science, yet it was the Bible and his belief in the Judeo-Christian principles that motivated him, as well as the vast majority of his colleagues. Our third pillar of Western culture, shaped by the Judeo-Christian ethic, is law. Today, if one suggests that our laws are based on Judeo-Christian or biblical law, there is a chorus of denial. The lack of understanding on this point is a consequence of a general lack of historical knowledge and of the contents of the Bible. Is our judicial system largely predicated on the statutes, commandments, and judgments given to Israel as articulated in Scripture? In England... The Anglo-Saxons were united under the leadership of one of their greatest leaders, Alfred the Great, who ruled from AD 871 to 899. King Alfred based the laws of England on biblical laws, a fact confirmed by Encyclopedia Britannica. The outstanding name of the ninth century is that of Alfred the Great. He appended to his laws a free translation of the Ten Commandments, and an abridgment of the enactments of Exodus 21-23. to 23. Solicitor General of England, Sir William Blackstone, in 1765, authored commentaries on the laws of England. This was the first text in England that set out all existing laws of the land and commented on their source. In the introduction, pages 39-43, to 43, Blackstone makes the following assertions. Thus when the Supreme Being formed the universe and created matter out of nothing, He impressed certain principles upon the matter from which it can never depart. The doctrines thus delivered we call revealed or divine law, and they are to be found only in the Holy Scriptures. Upon these two foundations, the law of nature and the law of revelation, depend all human laws. That is to say, No human laws should be suffered to contradict these. From 1750 to 1900, the British Empire spread and carried with it the laws of Britain. That body of law, though imperfectly implemented, was designed to produce peace and order in the family and in the nation. It should not be surprising that the empire's legal systems were known for fairness. In the case of the King versus Taylor in 1676 is a famous English example. In that case, Lord Chief Justice Hall is reported to have judged, Christianity is parcel of the laws of England and therefore to reproach the Christian religion is to speak in subversion of the law. It is simply incorrect to suggest that the laws of the English-speaking world are not inexorably linked the Bible, history shows that when these laws were implemented, however imperfectly, they produced a society that other nations admired and sought to emulate. Yet now, many of society's leaders, legislators, and judges disdain and are wholeheartedly striving to erode, eradicate, and defame the influence of biblical law. It is a law rejected. Please take time to order our DVD, The Rejected Law, containing three videos which show the intent and the benefits of the law of God and the dangers of trying to live life apart from it. It demonstrates the true basis of Judeo-Christian principles which, if followed, will produce peace, prosperity, and happiness. Here is how you can order your free copy.
1: To request your free copy, call the number displayed on the screen and ask for The Rejected Law. You can also order online at TWCanada.org. Have you ever asked, where is the world headed, what does the future hold for me, or if morality even matters anymore? Tomorrow's World Magazine answers these questions and more, and will also be sent to you free of charge. Call us right now or visit us online to get your free DVD, The Rejected Law, and Tomorrow's World Magazine. Enjoy the rest of the program. On today's program,
0: we have examined how our Western society has been shaped by the Judeo Christian ethics as communicated to man through the Bible. We have looked at the powerful impact of these principles on education, the development of science, and in the formulation of our laws. In the final part of the program, we will look at the matters of morality and social conscience. Our fourth pillar of Western culture that has been shaped by Judeo-Christian ethics is morality. Just what is morality? Morality generally refers to the principles or rules of conduct accepted as proper by an individual or society. What is considered moral varies with the concepts of right and wrong accepted by a person or their culture. The brutality that characterized much of the accepted norms of Greco-Roman society would not be accepted today in the Western world. In the Europe that struggled to exist after the fall of Rome, lawlessness led to a survival morality, and the Roman Church made significant efforts to curb such violence. Hence the establishment of the truce of God by the Synod of Elm in 1027. By 1042 the truce the suspension of all warfare, extended from Wednesday evening to Monday morning and every week, and also in most places lasted during the seasons of Lent and Advent. This was an early attempt to impose a Judeo-Christian belief that opposed needless violence. By the time the Protestant Reformation was well underway, stricter sects who are more prone to intensive Bible reading began to promote more and more a lifestyle predicated on morality literally defined by the Bible, especially the Ten Commandments. Over the years this sentiment grew, and by the 19th century significant movements developed that sought to introduce a morality that saw the way of life of the Bible as the absolute definition of right and wrong. This led to promoting biblical teaching in terms of sexual behavior, and in respecting the life and rights of others. It included the Abolition of the Slave Trade Act of 1807, where Britain became the first major society on earth to legislate an end to the slave trade. Within 60 years, slavery was abolished in the Anglo-Saxon world, and the trading of slaves over the sea ended. This was a direct consequence of the application of the Judeo-Christian belief. The fifth pillar of Western culture that has been shaped by Judeo-Christian ethics is social conscience. One of the most obvious manifestations of the application of Judeo-Christian principles was the sense of responsibility to care for one who was suffering. The parable of the Good Samaritan captured this sentiment, as well as the ancient law God gave to Moses. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden, and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. You shall not pervert the judgment of your poor in his dispute. The law of God required one to show kindness to friend or foe, rich or poor, without exception. This law played on the minds of faithful men, even in the very dangerous dark and middle ages. Despite many of the brutal excesses of the time there was a growing core of people being influenced by this Judeo-Christian principle, gradually fostering the development of a social conscience in society. By the early Middle Ages the Church promoted an expectation to provide care for those who were destitute, for widows and orphans and also for those who were sick. At first monks were given the responsibility to run hospitals or hospices, which were in fact initially places where men and women who were in need could find shelter. Travelers would have a place to rest overnight and obtain a meal. Eventually there were also places dedicated to assist those who were ill. The latter were often run by religious orders, but supported by donations often generous from the local populace. They became the first known permanent hospitals dedicated for the treatment of those who are ill, whatever their class in society. The Western hospital and healthcare system, a direct descendant of early Christian and Jewish ethics and institutions, has now been copied all over the world. This has led to many other forms of social support and societies that are willing to donate or pay through tax levies to assist those in need. Many modern social services that we see in Western nations are a direct outgrowth of the influence of ancient Judeo-Christian values that are, of course, sourced from the book that was inspired for man's guidance by the Creator of the universe. Judeo-Christian values are founded on mercy and truth, which themselves are defined by the law that explains what real love is. But love your enemies... Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father is also merciful. Social compassion, proper morality, rule of just law inspiration for science, and effective public education are all legacies of the values passed down to us today through the Bible. Central to the message of this book is not only the knowledge of the purpose for man, but also direction as to how we can live a peaceful, prosperous, and happy life. At the core of that direction is the law of our God, Without the law of God there is no possible way a society can have a moral base which leads to peace and joy. We are told by Paul that the law of God defines a way of life that results in an atmosphere of godly love. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Our present society is rejecting this holy law and it is paying a price social disorder, poverty, drug abuse, and depression, all guaranteed to worsen if this rejection of God's law becomes entrenched. Disasters and social upheavals will become more prevalent. Our free DVD, The Rejected Law, will show how the law of God works to give one a positive outlook on life and acts as a shield from many dangers for ourselves and for our families pray that our land may change and start to live by the true values that are passed on to man through Judeo-Christian principles. Please join us next week as Gerald Weston, Michael Haykoop and I bring you the truth of the Bible, the purpose for man and the coming Kingdom of God.
1: Rejecting the law of God does not come without consequences and you need to know what is at stake. Call the number on your screen or visit us online at TWCanada.org to order your free DVD, The Rejected Law. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895 or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 465, London, Ontario, N6P1R1. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, revealing God's principles for living an abundant and happy life while providing insight into current and future events. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call 1-866-784-7895. Write or visit us online today. This program is a production of The Living Church of God.